Any clue? No, I don't think. Uh, it was my that. lame attempt at the Fox NFL thing. You know their song? Oh yeah. Well, now that you say that. Thank you. It wasn't that bad. No, it was good. I just couldn't yeah. bring it to the front of Which, my Which, Fox didn't host the Super Bowl this year. No. And they're all so similar. I feel like all those newsy things. Yeah. It's a lot of, like, yeah. similar things. But, yeah, now that you say that, I heard it. I hear it. You know something I miss? What? Um, when I was a kid, before the internets and all that, uh-huh. uh, we had three channels. CBS, ABC, C- Did you have that in, where did you grow up again? Maple Grove? What was that place called? <laughs> I grew up in Grand Prairie. Grand Prairie. Did you only have three channels or did you have cable? <clears throat> uh, yeah. We didn't have cable till I, like, well, so I, I grew up in the Metroplex. So cable was available, but we didn't have cable till I was, I think, in high school. But answer this. Even in the Metroplex, like, just the, the stations your antenna could pick up, did you get, like, 12 to 15? Yeah, I do think it was. Okay. Maybe, se- like, 7 to 12, something like that. Yeah, okay. Somewhere in there. So it wasn't three, but... People were always talking about when it used to be only three. Well, all this to say, um, I, I probably said this before, but I'm really big into the voices that form me. Uh-huh. And, of course, that was Dan Rather, sure. um, Tom Broca, and Peter Jennings. But uh-huh. beyond that, I, their nightly news things, which I can't sing here because I can't even recall them, but those were like anchors in my childhood. Yeah. Like the, By the clock, I knew dinner was at six because you know, the yeah. NBC thing would come on. You know what that makes me think of? What? You've watched Parks and Rec, right? Oh, yeah. You know, um, when the disaster preparedness people come, it's like the day of the, um, they're raising the money to build the park. Okay. Um, but also, but Jeremy Jam, like, calls them to come on that specific day. And um, Leslie has, like, built all of these, like, supplemental things around. So she has, like, she's recorded, like, newscasts, and it's like, there's one of her being, like, and this is Leslie No, Good night. And then it's like you can see she like looks down, but you can see she's like, like oh, she's like, like singing her own. The thing's so ingrained in her head. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I miss that show. It's been years now. Yeah. But I feel like I'm back in it because I'm watching Community. Yeah. So good. it's Similar actually on my list. Right? Um, here's a question it? for you. Okay. Because I'm noting that in this show, I have several things to say about this. I have not seen the show. Yeah, it's okay. You can play along. Okay. Oh, no. My, my notes aren't updating on this computer. I'll have to pull up my phone. Okay. But um, here's the thing I'm wondering. So you may have to Google this name if you don't know it. Okay. The, my point is I'm, I'm surprised by how many big names the show has. Sure. Which is um, Chevy Chase, who was a Hall of Famer when – it was on like when it started right he had his career made yeah but danny donald glover right yeah right like mm-hmm. became huge yeah um huge. Ken, ken jong is huge now uh-huh. and he may have been a little bit before because wasn't he in the um the weekend the vegas movies yes, with bradley I cooper i was just trying to think of the name of those um, the hangover the hangovers yeah. he was in though he had a career um allison brie who's in glow Mad Men, etc she was most recently in what is it called the Kristen stewart holiday movie did you guys watch that one she was in that uh-huh she was the older sister oh yeah you know the one who's getting divorced or whatever oh i really like her yeah she's great anyhow I think she's funny. but here's this this is what's just been stupefying me and i have a theory about this that i want you to um 
to help me with. Okay. So do you know who Jillian Jacobs is? Search with a G. Google her face real quick. Okay. I feel like I do. So we're watching this show. She's like, I would say one of the two, three main, main female leads, but maybe the main female lead. And um, J or G? G-I-L-L-I-N. Jillian Jacobs. And um, so I'm watching this. I'm like, oh, you know how you do this thing when you see something? Like, oh, yeah. How do I know that? I've seen them. And then you go to IMDb. Uh-huh. That's her. Yes. Okay. And, um, and I'm like, oh, I totally know her. Yeah. And I cannot, on her whole filmography, place one thing that I have seen her in. But I know her face. Yeah. And so then I'm like, here's my theory. Have memes become that prominent in our world that I now have face recognition because of memes? Um, I think there's a chance <laughs> that that is what has happened. I also think it's like she's probably in the news and like you've seen her face on like a magazine cover at the checkout line and da 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 da. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I wonder if it's like a, or and especially like if you're scrolling Twitter, there's like some thing for a movie she's in, like an ad for a movie she's in, even if you're not um, going to go see it or whatever, you know? But I do think memes, is she in a lot of memes? I don't know. I mean, I've seen a lot of community memes now that I'm seeing the characters. I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Like that Ken Jong I'll allow it one I see all the time. I do feel like, um, yeah, I do think that's really a thing is that like people use memes from shows that we don't know uh-huh. and you don't really pay attention to them because you just don't know the context or whatever. Yeah. And then it's like you might be like, I know that person's face, but it's just because you saw some memes of her. Well, here's a question for you. I was thinking about this. This okay. is a little change of subject, but related. Um what do you think is the show that made the most people? So let me unpack a little bit. Like when I think about Friends, uh-huh. all of them went on, but I don't think like David Schwammer, um, none of them have had like robust careers since Friends, except for maybe Jennifer Aniston. Yeah, I, I think you have to make an uh, exception for Jennifer Aniston. But like they didn't then go on to have these. They all had like he did, um, David Schwammer did uh, The Lion movies uh madagascar movies for some reason i was like the lion king That's no crazy. I didn't <laughs> and know um you know i think what's her name currently has a show on on yes or on um I hbo courtney cox and lisa kudra have done a lot of work but it has not necessarily been i do think it's like anything else like it, being in friends and it being so successful for such an amount of time freed them up to be able to just choose to do like whatever they wanted as opposed to like you think that's it it's not that it cemented them it's that they just like i i had the ride i'm done i think so for at least lisa kudrow she's done a lot of work but like it's not well i guess like joey currently has a show what's his real name matthew leblanc he has his own show and he's had several yeah and then matthew perry had that sunset on whatever show for a while and some of them it's like to me it's like you look at the show and you think automatically like they know that's not friends. Do you know what I mean? Like none yeah. of because a lot of them are doing like um, cable network cable shows. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. They know for sure that that's not going to reach the the elevation that Friends did. You know. Yeah. So I think I I used to be like, oh, that's so sad for them. But lately, something has happened. They have all of them have a larger social media presence, and they all seem so pleased with what they're doing and like. The friends people? Yeah. So you're up to date on this. I was just picking them as a random example. <laughs> no, I'm not. I wouldn't say I'm up to date. I don't follow any of them. I follow okay. very few celebrities, which is strange. But um, 
I, but like, I do see, th- I, I guess for a minute I was really up to date on them when the whole, do you remember a couple years ago? Oh my, actually, this might have been last year when Brad Pitt and Jennifer yeah. Aniston were like at the Golden Globes or something. For a minute. And everyone was like losing their minds because yeah. they were like, there's like pictures of them sort of just like greeting each other and like right. grasping each other's hands. Being but friends. everyone was like, they're in love, which is yeah. like always truly the desire of my heart i know that you guys are very concerned about the desires of my heart that they'll get back together yes really i love them so much i those two i knew well no he doesn't deserve her anymore because of what he did but i knew even the whole time so you think he was the schmuck that broke it off i don't remember the history that well yeah he's what did that movie with angelina yeah mr mrs smith yeah yes and then broke like they got divorced but here's the thing do you think had that not happened they'd still be together Yes, in my heart. I love it. Because she has such a great record of long relationships with... She was married to that one guy for a while. Yeah, Justin Thoreau, is that I never learned any of their other names. And she I was knew, with... Um... In their heart of hearts, they wanted to be back together. <laughs> What's Josh this? is really laughing at me. <laughs> I just can't believe you have enthusiasm for this like you do. <laughs> I just knew that they really loved each other. That's what I knew. And I knew that he didn't. Well, I don't. I'm sure he really loved Angelina Jolie, but I knew it wasn't gonna work. So why do you think that is? They do just. We're way off topic now, but let's go for this. Like, why do they seem to have such a grip culturally? Because. Because there's a lot. Like it was Ben Affleck and Jennifer Gardner were pretty big too. Yes. Uh, what a great question. I don't know because they both went on to like. Well, I have a theory. Okay. I think it's because in 2000 or whenever uh-huh. they were. Not just like the most successful, not successful like within the industry, but like maybe like the two best looking human beings in the history mm-hmm. of the world. In the world. And they were together. Not and it, world, it felt like it just made sense to us. Yeah. Um, I, I, there's one joke I've never forgotten and I can't even say it because this is affiliate, but it was Tina Fey on Weekend Update. Uh-huh. And she's like, it was right after they broke up. She said, well, I'm going to change the language because... She said, good call, good call. if they've got sick of sleeping with each other, then there's no hope for the rest of us. No hope, no hope. <laughs> no hope for any of the rest of us. Yeah, they, yeah, that's certainly part of it, is they're like so good looking that you're just like, these two people right. have to, you know, yeah. whatever. I actually, and now that you mention it, they got, because they got divorced in like 2004. Were they married ever? Yeah, they were. Brad and Jennifer were married. Yeah. Oh, see, I didn't even know that. Well, see, so that's like he—that's why he doesn't serve her. They were married. I don't. I don't take celebrity relationships seriously. I just I count well, how long it's gonna be till they break up. I think that this part of this is like my like. Um, we really have devolved to people in yeah. TMZ now. <laughs> it's like a. It's like a preserved, sixteen-year-old. Yeah, I like, get that. It's you know nostalgic. What I mean? Like, I can't think of any celebrities that I've learned of recently that I, like, care about as much as, like, I care about Brad and Jennifer Aniston. Because it's, like, a... Well, and also I remember thinking, like... um, Yeah. I just remember thinking, like, wow. I thought that was true love, I guess. Marriage is bad. I think <laughs> my theory but. is for a celebrity to have a successful relationship... They do best when their partner is not also a film television celebrity. Well, but also, you know, who's still married is, this is also probably a similar age thing, Brandy Prince Jr. and... Um, Sarah Michelle Gellar. Sarah Michelle Gellar. That is impressive. I will, But, like, what have they done recently? Well, but also, yeah. So they, like, sort of removed themselves from the spotlight. But 
I have gotten to a place where I've decided with celebrities that that happens to. Mm-hmm. I mean, the thing is, they've been doing commercials lately. Um, yeah. It does seem like the minute that they were like, I'm ready to do some more thing, something. Yeah. That it was available to them. So like, I did see the uh, dishwasher commercial they did together. Yeah. We're okay. About how they do it every um, time. You know another couple that's still together? Who? And she's kind of famous. He certainly is. Is um, Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson. Yeah. I just saw uh, this week. I made the three littles watch Sleepless in Seattle with me. Oh my gosh! I, I know it's it. so good. It's so good. So I, I think I enjoyed it now more than I did last ten years ago when I saw it. Uh-huh. Um, I still, it's not you got mail, but it's good. I know. Well, you disagree there, but I actually, I think that it's like culturally, most people prefer you've got mail. I think the writing is just a little bit better. They're both Nora Ephron, but I think the writing is a little better in you've got mail. I think I, you know what. I was, we watched this in Seattle as a family a lot when I was little. There you go. And it has a kid. Like, it has Jonah in yep. it. Do you know what I mean? Well, that's and why so, I had my kids watch it. Yeah. So, I think for me, it's like, I always had a place to, like, identify myself in the story. And, you know, there was, like, only one scene where I'm like, eh, I don't know that Wendell needs to be watching this or even the girls. But um, I think for the most part, it was great at, like, having a kid talk about death. Yeah. And teaching. It's like kind of the Mr. Rogers let me teach you feelings thing. Yeah. And I thought that was probably pretty healthy. Yeah. Um, so we're way off topic now. My question was, and I was oh. using Friends as an example, is <laughs> what's a, what's the TV show that did the most to propel multiple careers? I have a theory on an answer. Okay. Because like something like Seinfeld, Jerry Seinfeld and um, Julia Louis-Dreyfus had huge careers. But I would say Michael Richards and I don't, Mike, George Alexander, what's his name? Some Alexander. Something like Jason. J- didn't. Well, but I think sometimes we say people don't ha- didn't have big careers, and what we mean is like I didn't follow the things that they did. That could be the case. But Jason Alexander, I think he did more like theatery stuff. Uh huh. And he was in. I mean, he was in like the. Hold on, let me make sure this is true. The Brandy Cinderella that's about to come. Jason out Alexander. On Disney Plus. Yeah, I mean they all have roles but well but the brandy cinderella is like iconic oh okay yeah that's true i don't even know what that is oh my gosh that's very sad it's coming to lily will love it it's coming to disney plus on the 12th okay so it's a movie yeah well it's a cinderella the musical but they did it they did like a live it's like a record like a human cast recording like the Okay, you ready for my answer? Yes, I'm ready. I think it's Cheers. Hmm. You got Woody Harrelson. Yeah. He became huge. Ted Danson had a pretty illustrious career, especially of late. Yeah. Kelsey Grammer had a big career after the show. Frasier yeah. was like a number one sitcom for years. It was. Um, and then you had, well, I guess, um, what's his name? The Cliff Clavin had a pretty big career with uh, Pixar. Yeah. He has a voice in every yeah. movie. Um, I don't know about Norm. George went. I guess that didn't really take off. Uh, Christy Alley came and go. Yeah. But in the 90s, Shelley I feel Long. Like she was a really big deal. Yeah, she was a really big deal. Shelley Long. But I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Maybe there's a show that did more for... And then some shows like just get amazing people in the middle of their careers. Like I would say West Wing had Bradley Whitford and... I mean, yeah. at that point... Um, Who's the good-looking guy? Rob Lowe. Was already well-established. Certainly. He was. Um, the President Bartlett was well-established. Um, 
Yes, Martin Sheen. Yeah, I never knew Richard Schiff, though, and I didn't know no. um, CJ Craig. Can I tell you something? Yeah. Um, it's, it's about Richard Schiff. Every week, me and Kathleen watch The Bachelor. And after The Bachelor is the show, The Good Doctor. Mm-hmm. And Richard Schiff is in that show. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the DVR, a DVR is like 15 minutes into that show. Mm-hmm. And um, every week we watch it. And this started before Kathleen had even watched The West Wing with me. But every week we watch those 15 minutes and we look for Richard Schiff. And then when I see him, we go, Toby! And then we, <laughs> and then we stop watching. So I know, 50, I know like very in-depth information about the first 15 minutes of The Good Doctor every week. Okay. But only because I'm looking for Toby. Um. You know what we should do? What? We should put a question on our Instagram about what show people think did the most to launch the did careers the and then make their argument for why. I'm trying to think about other shows. Well, I don't know that we should do this on the air. That thing. launched people's careers. Unless you got to get one right away. No, I think Cheers is a really good one. Um, yeah. Okay, but that'll be a question we can return to. Because most shows, it's just like one person, I feel like. You know, like The Office, it's like, well, I don't oh, know. Oh, there you go. Yeah, The Office is like... That's um, a good one. John Krasinski. Dwight Schrute certainly has had a career since then. Well, and Steve Carell had a career. Like, he had done a couple of movies, but I do feel like The Office is really the thing that, like... Yeah, because he was in the Bruce Almighty movies before as a second-tier guy. Yeah. And now he's well, bigger. I, but I think he'd been in a couple of those, like... Um, Seth Rogen movies like the 40 year old yeah. virgin and stuff like that but I feel like the office was really the thing that like that role is the thing that people started knowing him for I agree and so yeah Rain Wilson also Jenna Fisher's oh, done some stuff Mindy Kaling yeah Mindy Kaling and what's his name BJ Novak yeah yeah huge launch uh Mindy Kaling's probably one of the better ones I mean she really has had a I'll rise. Jenna Fisher, you might argue, is kind of finding her niche with the podcast now. It's something so, different. Yeah. But Angela Kenzie, they're doing it together. A Baylor grad. Yeah. And um, John Krasinski. Krasinski, did yeah. the, a bunch of interesting stuff. Yeah. Um, he did well, the, the Jack Quiet Ryan. Place? The Quiet Place, Jack Ryan. Yeah. Um, he did that Good News Network during the pandemic. That was He's interesting. done a bunch of movies. Office. That's a good counter argument. Yeah. 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 Because I do feel like the other shows like that, it was mostly like Parks and Rec, Amy Poehler's already... She was huge. Yeah. Nick Offerman, though, found his his career, I think, yeah. in that show. Nick Offerman, Chris Pratt, Retta. Oh, oh Chris Pratt. Yeah. So, yeah. But I don't Ooh. think it's as many. No. Well, but also, um, what's her name? Uh, April. April. Yeah. I can't think of her real name. Yeah. Uh, it'll come to me. She's done a few movies. Yeah. But she's got a lot, a lot of time left. Yeah. Definitely. So. She's young. All right. Interesting question, viewers. Yeah, let good. us know. All right. Uh, here's something I have to tell you. Okay. I We were talking about this in the office yesterday. I read, reread my favorite Wendell Berry book yeah. this weekend. Yeah. And it's just so beautiful. Yeah. I don't have emotions, but I have all kinds of emotions. Okay. Hannah Coulter. Yeah. And I'm not recommending it because I don't recommend. You know, I thought of a Bible verse. It's pearls before swine. Okay. I feel like if I just show it out there yeah. and people don't love it the way they should... Not yeah. everybody can get it. Yeah. Yeah. Putting new wine into old wineskins mm-hmm. is what happened. Yeah. But Taylor, wow. You know what I did yesterday? Mm-hmm. Because what happens is I start thinking 
with the kind of words that Wendell Berry writes. Okay. Yeah. And um, I, I've been working on this piece of trim that I've had to create for my porch outside that I'm restoring. Oh, really? Yeah. And it's been a, a process yeah. of sanding and shaping and cutting. And it's, you know, I wait for glue to dry and then I patch stuff. And, yeah. Um, but I get, I get done with this and I just like look at the thing and it's beautiful and I feel like... Yeah. I've created something and restored something. Yeah. And I feel like I'm in this space where I'm in a deeper appreciation for these things because of Wendell Berry. Yeah. That makes sense. What a, and what, what author does that for everybody? Yeah. I do think Wendell Berry is... Um, the work he has created, it's like... Um, the the way he pays attention to the world... Mm-hmm. That's it a good way to say it. Inspires other people to do the same. Yeah, I had breakfast with his daughter Mary Berry mm-hmm. because of the generosity of Robert Creech. Yeah, and I hope she told him. I said, "Here's the best compliment I can give your dad." Mm-hmm. As I said, when I read his books, he teaches me to love the life I already have more. Yeah, yeah. And what a great thing! What a gift to give a person. I know. I know. It, I mean, it is like the best gift you could give anybody, right? Yeah. And he's just like putting it out into the world in spades. But what I also said yesterday yeah, about that book and about Tree of Life movie, which is my favorite, uh-huh. is I get why people don't like it. Sure. Yeah. And I have the, the four wing in me kind of revels when they don't like it. <laughs> I do think... Um, I would, I'm always interested, though, like, would, when people don't like, like, Hannah Coulter, would there be another Wendell Berry book you think they would like? I don't know, because I, I'm throwing two ways on that. One is, no, they wouldn't. Okay. Um, because I think, I mean, he writes, his thing is about place. It's kind of all of one piece. Everything right? is about the place. Well, it's right, all in the one place. And e- even in his nonfiction, like his book, um, uh, The Hidden Wound, is about racism, but it's about racism in relationship to place yeah. and feminism in relationship to place yeah. and friendship in relation to place. Yeah. So if you just absolutely can't get onto that theme, I could see you would never like any of his books. Yeah. Um, it's, I think, a very strong secondary theme is community. Like that's the the yeah. drama of place is played out in the lives of people. Yeah, and that's more accessible. But what I the, the thing I was gonna say is maybe because I don't like any poetry except for his. Hmm. I mean, and so that's not that other poetry isn't good. It's just he's no. gonna be my gateway to get into it. Yeah, and I can kind of get his lens. So hmm. maybe maybe a different book could be. I will say the first time I read Jaber Crow, which was my first Barry book, I didn't like it. Mm, it, but it grew in me. Yeah. Like in a way that no book ever had. Like I returned to things that were said in the images and somehow it became beautiful. Oh. I find that so interesting. Well, I read it when I was 22, my senior year in college. Ah. And I think there was a maturity thing at work too. Certainly. Just um, in general for like all 22 year olds or whatever. Yeah. So I'm really big on books are about timing. More so than movies. Like when you read a book. Yeah. Is. You have to read it at the right time in your life. Yeah. I'm trying to think if I've ever read a book I didn't like. I'll tell you one. Me? No, that I hated. Oh, what? Sound and the Fury by William Faulkner. 
Okay. It's the only two I've ever given out on Goodreads. Two? Yeah. I need to get on Goodreads. Um, I think I don't finish books I don't like. That would be smart. I have a thing where I have to... I am that way with a lot of things. I, well, and a lot of books as well. Oh, I read a book I didn't like one time. It was really bad. I got it at the um, library sale. What was it? I can't remember the name of it. It was in. It was about a girl from Iowa, but she was an actress hmm. or something. Sounds like uh, Marilyn. What's her name? Monroe. No, <laughs> she's the writer from Iowa Workshop. There, Billows. She wrote Gilead. Oh, uh, Robinson. Yeah. Um, no, I forgot. She was an actress. She was a writer. Okay. And she moves to LA. A writer from Iowa. Yeah, yeah, and then she goes home, and it's it was just all very dramatic. And there was this one part where she thought she ran over a human person. Okay. And then she was like convinced herself it was a deer, and then actually the next day it was like there's this person, human person in the hospital, hmm. and so she felt bad. So every day she went and read a book to her, but she did not tell anybody that she thought she ran her over, and actually. She didn't run her over, so it ended up being... So she went from um, a lying person to a good Samaritan. Yeah, it turns out. But it was weird. And the girl who was in a, the coma who had got run over by someone different, she kept having these weird dreams. And then actually at the end, it turned out that she was her biological mother. Oh. It was not a good book. Okay. I guess all those elements could make a good book, but they didn't in this case. Um... Well, I'll uh, keep that in my mind. If I ever stumble across a theme where that <laughs> starts to be the case, that I will just put that book down and move on. Good. That's good. That's good. Hey, um, one other thing. Uh-huh. Change the subject. Uh-huh. Um, so I don't know if you pay attention to SNL anymore. You know what? I do, but I haven't watched either of these last two weeks. Okay. Episodes. Dan Levy was on this weekend. Oh, my gosh. I bet it was amazing. I want to watch it. Um, I've, I've seen two skits now that got handed to me second. Like, one was about a Super Bowl pod, and it was, like, basically how everybody says, oh, we're good. We did follow the rules for the coronavirus, and then oh. they don't. But, but the, other, the one, other one, the Zillow one? Yes! <laughs> I just saw that this morning, and I'm just waiting for an onslaught of people to send that to me to make fun of me. Well, I didn't send it to you because I was going to bring it up today on the podcast. Oh, well, because, there you go. Great yeah, minds. Because it is just so funny. And truly, it's just like, I know that that's what you go look at Zillow like all the time. Well, I texted it to Lindsay and Trevor and while we have a group text. Uh-huh. Um, and then underneath it, I text, text the, the gif of the um, the the little boy kind of doing this thing, looking in his <laughs> eyes, like, caught. <laughs> no, it was like, even to like, are you in your late 30s? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, in some ways, I guess, it should make you feel, you know, not alone. Well, no, it does the opposite, though. Right. Whenever this, I feel so cliche. I'm like, am I that predictable that I'm an SNL skit? Because you're like everyone else. Yeah, exactly. Am, yeah. <laughs> am I that predictable that I'm an SNL skit? Yeah. But, but it's okay. it was also really funny. Yeah. Also, I feel like you have a particular... You're, you know, you're not just out there searching. You're looking for a particular thing when you go on Zillow. Yeah. And I tell myself I like it like you would go to an art museum, admire architecture. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but maybe I'm just reaching. Because I don't even imagine myself living in every home I like. I just like, oh, this is like, they did this really well. Yeah, there's something about being able to appreciate something without consuming it. Yeah. Yeah. 
Which that line you just said is like the last line of the movie with um, what's his name? I don't know. Sorry, uh, Zoolander. Ben Stiller. <laughs> okay, yeah. You ever seen this movie? Zoolander. No. When I was a child. No, uh, he's. Oh, the is it Walter Mitty? The Walter Mitty one? No, no, not that one. I shouldn't have gone on this rabbit trail, but it's just like for me, it's like for every three out there. Yeah. At the end, he has this little line. He says. I can enjoy the world without possessing it. Yeah. And that gets his discovery. Yeah. So you just almost quoted it, which is weird for me. Yeah. I'll have to get the name. It's such a good movie. Um, yeah, no, I think there's something so honorable about that. Do you know what I mean? Like to enjoy something just for enjoy, enjoyment's sake and not feel like you have to own it or consume it or whatever. Um, I did have a question for you okay. that I was thinking about this week, um, because me and Kath, we're not as much doing like events. We're just kind of <laughs> talking. Um, Brad's status is the name of the movie. Sorry. Brad's status. Yeah. Go see it. It's great. It's about Enneagram threes. It's about Enneagram threes. Okay. Next. I go on. I feel like a lot of movies are about Enneagram threes. This is my question. Um, me and Kathleen are getting close to wrapping up the West Wing for the first time for her and like the fourth time for me and um i um asked her recently because i knew you know um something was coming up a big twist a sad thing and i she i asked her to pause it while we were watching i mean you know it was like in between episodes or something and i said kathleen a big thing is coming up that is very sad would you like me to tell you what it is or not? Because I knew that it would be devastating to her, the thing that happened. And, you know, because it was like one of her favorite characters. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, maybe I wouldn't have asked everyone that question, but I knew the thing that was coming would be devastating to her. And so I said, would you like me to tell you what it is or not? And she actually ended up saying yes, which she does not always say. Like, I ask that question sometimes. But I I am the type of person that will sometimes, like, if I am in a movie I, or watch a movie, I will look up the end of it. Because the, what's it called? That feeling that you feel. The anxiousness? And the anxiety and, like, the waiting. The foreboding? Yeah. Or, it starts with a P, the word I'm thinking of, but I can't think of what okay. it is. Um, is so... Premonition? No, I. It's like I can't focus on anything. I can't watch the movie. Okay. Because all that's happening is that I'm worrying about what's going to happen at the end of it. Yeah. Like, spoiler alert for The Martian. Have you seen The Martian? I've seen The Martian. Okay, so I watched that movie with our friend Liz, and she had already seen it, and I had to turn to her and say, like, I need to know if this man lives or dies. Like, I cannot continue watching this movie. Because I'm so, like, the all the feelings that are building up inside of me are so distracting. And she told, was like, he lives or whatever. And then I was able to watch the rest of the movie. And it does not distract me from the ending. You know hmm. what I mean? Yeah. And so, I like I said, I asked Kathleen. And she said yes. She doesn't always say yes when I ask questions like that. Like, sometimes... You know, it's, it's a tricky thing right now when we're watching a show that I've already seen all, all of it. 
And so sometimes she'll ask a question. I'm like, you really want me to answer that or no? And most of the time she says no, but she said yes this time. Um, and I think some of that has to do with like also everybody's mental health in the pandemic. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Anyways, I was wondering when someone like when things like that happen to you, what is your go to answer? Yeah, well, you're as you're asking that it sent me to several different places within myself. And I think of a pretty concrete answer is from a movie or anything where there's entertainment. My answer is probably no, okay. but it's not no, like don't ruin this for me. Okay. It's no that like, no, that doesn't, I'm not going to have the anxiety Okay. because I'm pretty, I'm able to just say, okay, this is fiction and I'm going to enjoy it for what it is. Okay. I do think though that in real life, hmm. I do want to know. I want the worst possible case scenario and I want to begin in my future self to anticipate my response to it when I have to greet it in whatever form. Yeah. So um, what one thing that you... Prompt, or was prompted in my mind is when I was a chaplain at Baylor, mm-hmm. we used to take turns teaching stuff to each other at the beginning of meetings. Uh-huh. And one of the hall directors used his thing to teach us how to tell somebody bad news. Mostly like how to tell somebody that somebody had died was his yeah. example. And it was very interesting. He said, like, you don't just come out and say they died. So he gave an example about a car accident and it was, you know, Sarah was driving home on I-35 and it was night and it was, you know... Um, but it was interesting because it's like the opposite of what you just said in a blip. Like you kind of drag it out a little bit so that when you get to the news, they have a sense of foreboding. Oh, um, yeah. But like Lindsay, if she senses I have something uncomfortable to tell her, she's like you. She's like, just tell me now. Yeah. Um, so I've learned to do that too. Okay. Or if like I have to deliver something that has anxiety built around it, like say, this isn't bad. So let me explain. Okay. Um, or this is bad, but I need to unpack this for you this way for a reason. Yeah. But yeah, she just is terrified in a way that you seem to describe. Like, I can't have ambiguity around this thing. I can't concentrate. I can't if I don't know. That's so interesting because I, but I do think I'm almost the opposite. Like, um, I do seem to have a hard time when it comes to fiction I, and I wonder if it's like because someone, someone knows the answer. Do you know what I mean? That I know there are people, but but so, but a lot of it is like, I know that I. If the outcome is like the opposite of what I hoped for, or like the happy thing, or whatever, um, I will be devastated for that person. Hmm. Um, so even that like fake fictional person but i'd never done the work of like connecting it to my response to actual bad news like in the real world yeah it's very interesting thanks for the question though it was fun to think about sure of course um taylor yeah what the hell's wrong with the mavs the mavs yeah i i don't know josh talk about not Giving someone time to get ready to, to think about <laughs> devastating news. I just I keep looking at the standings. <laughs> it's like worse and worse and worse. Every like, day. They're like second to last in the West. Yeah, I, I mean, and it's at this point very recoverable. They're like nine and fourteen or something. Absolutely. But it's, but it's yeah. just like okay, this has been enough suck. Where I'm like, what's going on? I don't know. Nobody knows. Everybody just fully is out there being like, what? Every, well, you know, of course, I follow them on like all the social medias and all these like 
you know, 25-year-old men have, like, a lot of strong feelings about what's definitely the thing that's wrong. But to me, it just seems like it's a question mark. Like, and, and obviously to me, it's like, if we could figure it, if, like, the coaching staff could figure it out, they would be doing something about it. But yeah, like, I don't think Rick Carlisle's job is on the line or anything. No, me neither. I just think it's very weird. Because that's the thing that's crazy is, like, and like, I don't, like I said, lots of people have strong opinions about what's wrong. But, like, I look at them and I'm like, I think they're making the smart choices and doing, the, you know, like, you know, there's injuries and there's COVID and blah, 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 blah. But it seems like they're doing the things, they're making the choices I would make. I'm not a basketball, like, knowledge all-star by any any situation. But I, they seem to be making the right choices. And yet, and we talked about this some last week, two weeks ago. Like, Luca, Luca's numbers are still great. Yeah. But it's like the team, like, they can't win. Yeah. So it's kind of a... I've seen some funny Bradley Beal memes where it's like, wakes up, no, he's going to score 50 points tonight and lose by 15. Yeah. Oh. It just happens. Yeah, it does. It does. I have a new favorite player, though. In the NBA or on the Mavs? On the Mavs. I can't think of his name. Hold on, let me... So that shows you how deep my love is for I kind of have one on the Bucks too. You do? Who yeah. is it? It's a guy named Bobby Portis. He played basketball at Arkansas. He's a yeah. forward center. Yeah. I Well, you know, I sort of know Arkansas sports because of going to school in Arkansas. Yeah. Well, Bobby Portis has been an acquisition, and he has been great off the bench. Yeah. 18 points, 10 rebounds kind of a guy. Yeah. Been really good. Um, his name is James Johnson. Okay. And he is also an MMA fighter. Wow. Yeah. And a pro basketball player? Yeah. Uh, not and, a guy you want to headbutt or something. No. And I think he's hysterical. And that's mostly why I like him. He sort of has a... Um, oh, my gosh. I can't think of his name. Um, he was on the Bulls. Oh, Dennis Rodman. Yeah. He's got some Dennis Rodman vibes. He's a maybe, character. Yeah. And maybe it's just that his um, hair is blonde right now, but... He also, like, there was a game very early in the season where he did headbutt someone. And because the person was, like, talking so close to him. And then they gave him a technical because you're not allowed to headbutt people. And um, he full-on was, like, hands in the air, like, what? Like, yeah. why, why are you punching me? And I just love when people are – I just – I think it's so funny when people are like that. Especially people I'm watching. I don't know that I would like to be like in relationship with him, like even as a friend or whatever. Yeah, that would probably be annoying behavior to me. But I like to watch. It's fun to watch when he's on your side. Exactly. Right. And if he was on another team, I would be like, oh, so annoying. But he's on my team, so I love it. Well, best wishes to the Mavs. A lot of season left. Thank you. Yes, plenty of season left, but it is like depressing. I'm glad to hear Bobby Portis is doing well, though. Yeah. Hey, um, we got a review. We did? Yeah. So I'd like to thank um, Nate Polk. Nate is a friend Are of... Are you sure it's Nate Polk, though? Did you see it? Yeah. <laughs> Not Nate Polk. Who is it? Um, I called his mom to confirm that okay. indeed is Nate Polk. Okay. And I, I'm assuming we got a review from Nate because... Um, we had... Roy and, and David, David on, but hey, we'll take the we'll take the wide net that's yeah, been cast here. So Nate had to say very good, totally not biased at all. So um, thank you, Nate, for that review. Yeah. And I do know that Ben Rayleigh submitted a review okay. that has not been approved and posted by Apple. Ben thinks it's maybe because he used profanity. 
Um, which I don't know. I don't know. That's like whatever. But looking forward to possibly getting a, a Ben Ben review. But we do have now thirty oh ratings, and they're all five star. Wow. Yeah. Wait, new ratings? How many did you say? No, we have thirty total ratings. Oh, 30 ratings. And oh, probably, wow. Uh, probably sixteen or seventeen reviews. All five stars. All five stars. Wow. This is a great podcast. Yeah. So thank you, reviewers and radio raters. It makes our life better and. At We're least for me as an Enneagram 3, it's a form of validation and security. So thanks for doing that. Yeah. Well, Taylor, you owe me a quiz. Yeah, I do. Dun, 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 dun. On our next segment, it's called Give Each Other a Quiz. <laughs> okay. I thought I would do a topical quiz. I love topical quizzes. Okay. I don't know if we'll go all the way through this. Yeah, well, I didn't get all the way through the office quiz last week. Long. But I'm very good at but answering. here we go. So I have... Uh, football trivia questions. Okay. Okay. Do you feel like you will know these? It, I don't know a lot of football trivia before 1985. So if they want to go with those kind of questions, maybe not. But we'll see. Who led the Dolphins with over 1,000 yards receiving in 2013? 2013? Yeah. Wow. Jarvis Landry? No. Brian Hartline. Oh, wow. I'm probably not going to do good if they're that specific. <laughs> okay, go. What school did NFL QB Michael Vick attend? Uh, Virginia Tech. Yes, way to go. Thank you. Um, what did the Seahawks do for the first time in nearly 30 years in 2012? They didn't win the Super Bowl that year. Did they make the playoffs? No, they won a road playoff game for the first oh, time. Oh, road playoff game. In 30 years, yeah. Okay. Which former Bronco did the Giants acquire in the 2014 season? 2014. Yeah. Wow, I, these are really specific. I would not know any of these answers. Yeah, I'm not going to. Okay. Not. J.D. Walton. Oh, wow. This is, this is some serious <laughs> trivia. Okay, okay. Who's the offensive tackle Seattle drafted in the first round of, in the first round in two, the year 2000? Was it offensive tackle? Give me a first little initial. C. I don't know. Chris McIntosh. Oh my gosh. I don't know any of these people. What team did Where'd John you get this from? Gruden the internet? Okay. <laughs> what team did John Gruden coach in Super Bowl Super Bowl? Well, this is interesting. It's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Unless it was the year before, what? the one was the Raiders. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You're right. Yeah, they just won. Yeah. Since him. Boo. Boo. Who was named NFL Defensive Rookie of the Year in 2002? Charles Woodson. Julius Peppers. Oh, yeah. He played over the Packers for a hot minute. Oh, look at that. What team hired Frank Reich as their head coach? Colts. Yep, nailed it. Look, I don't feel like you're doing that bad. Oh, I'm getting a lot of these wrong. Who was the starting quarterback for the Houston Texans at the beginning of the 2011 season? David Carr? Oh, was it uh, Matt? Mm -hmm. Um, Shop. Shop. (laughs) Yep, nailed it. What Houston Texans coach said he wished he had... Oh, my God. Hold on. <coughs> oh, sorry. Bill O'Brien. Weird. Um, do you want me to finish the question? Yeah. Okay. What Houston Texans coach said he wished he had 52 Kevin Walters on his team? Yeah, I don't know. Gary Kubiak. Gary Kubiak. Gary Kubiak, obviously. What first-year coach helmed the Miami Dolphins in their 1-15-2007 season? Was it Nick Saban? No, it was Cam Cameron. Cam Cameron. 
What Minnesota Vikings player was the 2007 AP Offensive Rookie of the Year? Adrian Peterson? Yeah. What team hired Pat Shermer as their head coach? I don't know. The Giants. Okay. 2012, what NFL team called LP Field Stadium their home? LP Field Stadium. 2012? Yeah. Was it the Raiders? No, it was the Tennessee Titans. Oh, Titans. The Atlanta Falcons QB Matt Ryan came from what college? Boston College. Yep. What school did Saquon Barkley play for prior to being drafted? Penn, Penn State. Yeah. Oh my gosh, look at you. Yeah. What college did NFL quarterback Jay Cutler attend? Cutler, I don't remember. Was it a Pac-12 school? No. It is an SEC school. Oh. Oh, was he Vanderbilt? Yeah. Yeah. Who returned to the Dolphins in 2008 saying, to come back and clear my name was important to me? Um, 2008. That was before that offensive lineman and that scandal. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I don't know. 2008. Was it a coach or a player? <laughs> I don't know. I'm uh, looking at the name. I may not know. Oh, was it Ricky Williams? Yes. How do you know that? That's uh, crazy. Because he played for the Dolphins and he had some trouble. Oh. Playing or? Uh, off the field. Okay. What team had the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office invalidate some of their trademark protections in 2014? Oh. Was the Redskins? Mm hmm Okay. Who was the New York Giants coach in 2008? Tom Coughlin? Yes. What is happening? Uh, for how many NFL regular season games in the start of 2005 was Ricky Williams suspended? Twelve. Four. Okay. Twelve, like the whole season. Yeah, well, it was also the opposite. Um, Twelve and four, sixteen. Yeah. How many yards is the penalty in the NFL for unsportsmanlike conduct? Fifteen. Yes. <laughs> you get so happy when you get it right. I do. I love trivia. <laughs> Which Buffalo Bill was elected to the NFL Hall of Fame in 2007? Buffalo Bill, was it um, Jim Kelly? No. Don Beebe? No. James Lofton? No. Lawrence Taylor? No. Well, Bill, sorry. Oh, Bruce Smith? No. Thurman Thomas? Yes. All right. Wow, good job. In 2012, what was the name of the stadium the Giants and the Jets shared? Um, what is that place called? Not, um, why am I blanking? I don't know. I, I forget. You want me to give you a first letter? Yeah. M. I don't know. MetLife Stadium. Yeah, okay. Okay. Well, that's the, like, now it's like I have to click. Yeah, to no, that was questions. good. Thank you so much. That of was course. fun. Thank you. All right. Well, um, we now need to pause for a commercial, yes. and then we'll be back to talk about our topic for today. Yeah. Well, Taylor, we have, as you know, just this fantastic 100 plus year old, no, not quite 100 year old brick home, colonial yeah. brick home. Um, that requires upkeep and, and it has a lot of unique features yeah. that are hard to replace. Like, look out the window. Yeah. See that um, awning over the garage apartment out there that's green? Yeah. Where would you get something like that if you needed to replace it? I have no clue. Well, let me tell you. You need to go to Central Texas Manufacturing. Right now, they've got something from me. they got my giant curtains that hang on my porch outside that I roll up Ooh. and down. Where would I get those made and fitted for all my needs with a particular... Gamets or gomlets? I can never remember the name. The perfect stitching, 
uh, tailored to my specific side, I go to the Sentex Manufacturing Company on 3718 Franklin Avenue. That's Sentex um, Manufacturing Company on Franklin Avenue. They do boat covers. They do all kinds of things. Oh, boat, truck, boat covers. Yeah, truck tarp. What? Anything you have where you need a peculiar piece of industrial fabric cut, shaped, and sewed to your liking, I recommend going to Sentex. And they have a variety of options. Cool. You can get really festive, cool things. It's a Waco business. You can call them at 254-752-2531. That's 254-752-2531. Wow. And we're back. Well, last night there was a Super Bowl. There was. And this came up because we had a discussion about this last week. That got us thinking. And I saw Marty who was uh, in the middle of the discussion last week, yeah. then posted a Facebook article. Yeah, she that, tagged uh, me. Yeah. And she so, tagged me so I would have ammunition to talk to you. Okay. So, yeah, let's talk about it. Okay, let's. And, and I think the, the principle is going to be broader than the specific. The specific is Tom Brady. Right. And, and my question is, um, if somebody has a moral position, uh-huh. a thought, a commitment that we find problematic as human beings. Yeah. What sort of distance do we keep from that person? And um, does it matter? And how do we figure that out? Yeah. And I am, I am glad to talk about that broader concept because to me also there is a distinction here, which is to say that like Tom Brady is not my friend. Right. And not because I disagree with him, but because I don't know him. Right. And so he's not my friend. And so there is a difference to me in like a public figure and like a person who I am in relationship with. Does that make sense? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And that was one of the nuances I wanted to get to. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So for people who may not know, um, Bill Belichick, the head coach of the New England Patriots, and Tom Brady, who played for the New England Patriots in 2016, were, I wouldn't say very vocal, but were on the record. Yeah. Um, for supporting President Donald Trump. Yeah. Um, that's what it was in 2016. That might have even been what it was through his presidency. But then I think after the insurrection, I think for a lot of people, well, maybe not, but for some people, even diehard loyalist postures changed. Do you know what is strange to me? Well, let me finish this. Okay. In case people don't, including Bill Belichick, who we mentioned last week. Well, actually, but this is the thing I have to say is. Okay, go ahead. Has, is like. I don't think it's fair to say that Bill Belichick changed his mind about Donald Trump. Okay. He did not go accept that Presidential Medal of Freedom. But did he do that because he stopped agreeing with Donald Trump? Or did he do that because he knew the public tide was changing? And he thought that that would be the best thing for his like personal reputation. Yeah, I have no way of answering that. Of course not. But I do think it's... I don't mean this as a critique. It's so strange to me when, like, especially Enneagram 3s decide to believe, like, the best thing about a person as opposed to, like, the thing that is just them protecting their reputation. Do you know what I mean? Oh, since it's so intuitive to us? Yeah. Because... Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So... I mean, if I was going to really get into it and analyze his personality... uh Uh-huh. I would think there's a half truth to what you're saying, but I would think more than anything, Bill Pelichek just doesn't like dealing with 
the the drama the the media and the drama uh-huh, okay. and I yeah I don't know to be fair I don't know much about Bill Belichick so I could see him being like I can't believe that this was an issue before this is so dumb I don't want to deal with it I'm just not gonna go yeah okay I would so more than anything it's not really that he changed his mind or I mean yeah I mean, so like, I guess like that is to say that you, if I had to speculate maybe you're right like but, I, and like I and like you said we can't know right yeah. we don't know Bill, Bill Belichick but I do just think that to say that he has turned on Donald Trump is maybe too strong. Do you know what I mean? To say that he changed his mind is like yeah. maybe too strong of a language. Yep. Um, anyways, so, but that, and that's what you were kind of saying, that he seemed to change his mind. Yes. Right. Yeah, and not to get off the hook, I'm just trying to give all the data since we're talking about it in a public format. Sure. And let people decide what they think. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, yeah, I mean, I, I guess this is a a kind of a derivative of the cancel culture situation in some sense. Okay. Um, just like, will I withdraw support or emotional proximity or whatever it may be to a person, be they a celebrity, because of an action they took or a relationship they have that I think is inappropriate? Um, yes, this is... Yeah. Or do you not see that connection? Well, I do think it's very funny... Um... I saw D.L. Mayfield tweet something yesterday that was like, it's not cancel cancel culture. It's like decide. It's deciding to when I decide to withdraw my energy, my money, my thoughts um, from someone mm-hmm. f- because of their like choices. That's yeah, not but to me, them. that's different than like, because that's like omission versus commission like sure if i it's like when somebody unfollows you but they tell you they're going to unfollow you before they do it uh-huh. it's sometimes like just unfollow them don't make a scene on the way out the door sure and it's kind of like do i just withdraw my finances and the means i have that support this person or do i make it a very like um loud moment in a scene because i want them to have um What's the word? Ramifications beyond just the lack of my support. I want there to be a chorus of dissonance so that they have real consequences. Mm, uh, I don't know that those are the only two options. I mean, I talk a lot about how I don't like Tom Brady and I don't support him, but I don't expect anyone else to join me in that opinion. Like, I'm not trying. I mean, like, I guess in theory, I'm trying to convince you not to like Tom Brady because I don't think Tom Brady is a good person, but I don't think the world is going to cancel Tom Brady just because I'm out here being like, Tom Brady seems bad. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You had a strong reaction. I'm not sure that I was trying to fight you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, well, you just got done talking. I'm like, yeah, okay. Okay, so there's three options. But you framed it as two options. Okay, yeah, there's three, maybe four, ten options. I don't know. (laughs) I'm just, I'm not trying to delimit the options here. Well, I think that's what I'm saying. I don't see that it's like necessarily... So like yours, maybe it, maybe mine had the too too strong of an indication. I mean, either or, I'll withdraw that. It's not either this or that. Well, but also it's like, I think to me though that is like this is part of the thing with people taking issue with cancel culture and making everything into cancel culture. Okay. When a lot of it is like people trying to hold people accountable for their actions. Do you feel like that's what you're doing 
When you speak about Tom Brady? No, I don't care about Tom Brady. <laughs> but he's the topic. But he seems like a jerk. Okay. And so, like, it's like I have an opinion about Tom Brady, and I don't think that has anything to do with... Wait, let me ask you a question. Okay. Do you do you really, like, based on interviews, like, take, take the fact out that he supported Trump, okay? Okay. Do you, from what you've interacted and see from him, think he seems like a jerk? Okay, first of all. Hypothetical questions are very silly, um, especially in this context where it's like. Well, because the spirit of my question is ultimately, yeah. do we? Yeah. Do we get to? I mean, this is what I'm interested in: is does he simply who he voted for? Right. Mean that you can't be friends with him? No. Well, or support him? No. Vote? The thing that means I can't be friends with him is that he is a national football player, and I am a children's <laughs> pastor in Lake Texas. Yes. Um. So. Uh, or support him, I guess. No. Uh, for me personally, yeah. It's like... You think he's a jerk? Um, I Okay, sorry. Wait, which question are I answering? I was saying, take the... Take the Trumpness out of it? Yeah, just him, from what you've seen in interviews, how he lives his life, that stuff. Does he seem like a jerk? Um... He does not seem like a person I would want to be friends with. Huh. Well, I can't. I mean, I can't counter on that. Because <laughs> I have the opposite thing. I think, and this is what we were debating last he, week. You think he seems cool? Not even cool is, I just think he's, I said in the Texas week, I think he's really smart with his public presence. And then I made the funny comment because you're like, <laughs> I said it doesn't matter what's on the um, inside. It matters what's on the outside. <laughs> 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 but, um, you know, I also, though, see athletes say dumb things all the time and don't have the composure to be smart in moments when it's hard to be smart. Yeah. And I think he has done that very successfully. And I do think that comes out of discipline and character. I think it comes out of being a calculated person. And that is not a type of person I want to be friends with. You know who I love, who I would love to be friends with? Marshawn Lynch. Okay. He's great. I love all the things he says. That I shouldn't say all, but I think he's really funny. And and you know what? Yeah, I guess the reality is Marshawn Lynch is probably also a very calculated person, but he's calculated in a way that I agree with. Yeah. Does Tom Brady seem schmarmy to you? Is it that part of him you don't like? <laughs> Tom Brady seems like a white supremacist, <laughs> and uh, I don't like. That's the part that I don't like. Really? Like you get that from like. His interviews and stuff? Mm-hmm. Really? Like, take the Trump out of it. I think I would have believed that about him. Yeah. Huh. I mean, he's like... And then also, add the calculatedness on top of it, is like he's smart enough not to talk about it. Yeah, but I mean, is that fair? Like, I mean, if you have, like, quotes and stuff, I'm, no, I'm yours. Is it fair? But, like, I mean, to assume he's a white supremacist because he voted a certain way? Just assume he's a white supremacist because he voted for Donald Trump? Yeah, in 2016, where he was at. Yes. Hmm. I, well, but I mean, so the thing is, like, this is it, right? I think we are all racist, and we have to begin doing the work of anti-racism because we live in racist society. Yeah, okay, so I, I'll say he's a white supremacist as long as we're willing to admit that we're white supremacists. Well, I do think we all, I guess maybe the word I should use is racist. As opposed to a white supremacist. Those are different things. That's fair. Okay. 
Well, okay, so here's my other thing I want to unpack, unless you want to stay here for a while. Okay. Because Tom Brady is the specific example, but... Okay. So I think one thing I have been thinking about, here's a sincere question. Okay. Is, um, you know, I talk a lot about being generous to previous versions of ourselves. Yes. Um, and um, if I were going to think about this biblically, I would think about, and this is me trying to recapture a verse that is we probably have a bad taste in mouth but in romans 5 where it says all have sinned to fall short of the glory of god yeah the really helpful thing about that verse for me Mm -hmm. is that it orients me to extending grace where i think i might not otherwise do it and you can probably see where this is all going sort of yeah so you and i if i think back in Mm -hmm. 2016 five years ago we're not sure where we thought about same-sex marriage um sure if you want me to take that out i can but no. that's at least true of me. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Now on the other side of the decision, a few years later, I'm very um, confident in what I think about it. Yeah. Should I have canceled then my... I won't use the word cancel. Should I have frustrations with that version of myself five years ago? Or do I accept that person? And if so, like where's the, where's the line of accepting that in other people and shepherding that along? I mean, this is what we always debate, but... Yeah, this is the whole thing, right? I'm... Yeah, I think, um, well, to be fair, I, if I am honest, it's like I entered seminary being fairly certain about my affirmation of gay marriage. And then in my time in seminary, began to think like what... Maybe I have not taken all these factors into account. And so it is like... And then... It is my, it was that educational experience that caused me to think like, well, maybe this isn't, you know, um, good or whatever, a good. And then, but then moving out of seminary and like reconnecting with other parts of my life and not just knowledge is what like brought me back to an understanding and an ability to like affirm gay marriage. And so I do get frustrated with myself in that period of time because it was the influence of other people that caused me to question that affirmation. And like, I, yeah, I don't like that about myself. And so. Do you don't like that you thought that or that you were influenced by other people? Both of those things. But I mean, in here, I'm like, why not be generous to yourself? Yeah. Like you were in an institution to subject yourself to that experience for that reason. Yeah. And I don't think that's bad. Um, well, I think it could have been bad to other people. I mean, I could have caused harm. But okay, and here's a counter argument. You are a better version of yourself now and can argue with more force about yeah. what you believe because you went on that journey. Yeah, that's true. That's completely true. That's completely true. I think that's true. And, and I do have grace for myself and I don't like, you know, not sleep at night because there were a couple of years when I had questions or whatever. Um, but also I think that I, even while that was happening, it was like, I was kind of like, I'm not, do you know what I mean? Like I wasn't like holding other people to task for like disagreeing with me or whatever, or for being more certain than I was in one direction or another, you know? Um, and so, yeah, I have grace for myself in the process, the walk that I was on, I probably should have more, do you know what I mean? But like, um, And so, yeah, and I, and I think we should have that for other people, um, and especially, like, things that happened 
when people were like 16 or 17 or you know what I mean like in the past that people have grown through or moved through or whatever but it doesn't seem to be but when people are actively making choices that harm other people like we don't have to be mean to them but I don't think even like holding them accountable or saying like we need to stop paying attention to this person um, if it's a public personality especially but even like to say, like, I might have to draw a boundary with this person and not spend time with them anymore. Like, everybody gets to make that own decision for them, that decision for themselves. Do you know what I mean? If someone is is not actively, like, moving on. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and maybe we're getting too, too far the nitty-gritty. But, I and I would say you can, you, drawing a boundary in a relationship can be a form of loving someone. I mean, I think you can even go that far. Well, we've talked some about this, especially, like, with um, social media stuff, it's like there are people for whom I am yeah. able to love better if when I don't follow them on social media. So I'm trying to acknowledge maybe to, again, the, the language seems unhelpful, but if they're like the redemptive part of cancel culture, I can see a version of like drawing boundaries is a healthy thing for not just um, the person who needs the space, but also for the, the person who we need space from. It's yeah. an act of love to, to do yeah. that. I can grant that. But I, to return then to my question is, like, how, because you've had that experience with yourself, mm-hmm. do you not then do the calculus in your head to, to project that same ambiguity into the, somebody else's journey and give them grace? And if not, like why for not? Tom Brady, no. Okay, but okay, but why not Tom Brady? Because there has been no change of behavior. I mean, he never apologized for supporting Donald Trump. He's he's never said, like, I regret that. I see that it did harm. Okay, but then let me take this further. Okay. Do you have people in your life that you know and love right now that voted for Donald Trump? I do. Do you? Okay. So, to, But to me, this is a different question. Do you know what I mean? Is this the question you're more interested in, though? Probably, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I do. Why do you give them more grace and not Tom Brady? Because he has power? <laughs> okay, so we're not not talking about Tom Brady. Um, uh, Tom Brady is a, yeah, I do think power has something to do with it. And for the record, I don't care. Obviously, I don't care what you think about Tom Brady, right? I sure. mean, but I just, he, for me, is a helpful way to get at the, the larger discussion. Um, okay. Um, or say why it's easier for you to have grace for people, you know, and love intimately in your life. Well, I feel like that is the answer to the question because I know and love them intimately and I know more about their like spirit and intention. Um, and also, I've known them my whole life. But I, I would say, like, um, and also, they are not, like, someone having a conversation with me is different than Tom Brady putting a MAGA hat in his locker at, like, camera level. Because that's not, that, I mean, that is someone who is trying to influence people. Whereas, like, someone I know who voted for Donald Trump having a conversation with me is just us having a conversation. You know, they're trying to figure out what they think. I'm trying to figure out what I think. Or I'm trying to say, like, I think this person is dangerous. That's different than saying, like, yeah, I hope he wins. I think he'd be a great president, which is, like, an endorsement. Yeah. I'm swimming in thought. Sorry, I don't have a reply right away. I'm trying to okay. think what you said. So, um, 
Yeah. And then also like because these are two these are two different types of relationship, right? I'm not actually in relationship with Tom Brady. I do not know him. Right. And all I have seen is like him supporting Donald Trump. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And he and then and truly then nothing. Like he hasn't come out and said, "I recognize now that was even potentially harmful or anything." Would that change it for you if he did? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's a completely different scenario, you know. Yeah. No, that and that gets into the repentance and the unity and the, all that stuff. Yeah. And what options are on the table? Yeah. Well. All right. And also, you know what? Um, you know, we talked some last week about that time a few years ago when he like reached out to Patrick Mahomes, and you said he has a history of like being a nice guy. But well, I mean, in media, not I don't know about his. You know, does he go to the children's hospital stuff? I don't. <laughs> sure. Um, yeah. No. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, but of doing things like that, of like you know talking yeah. to other quarterbacks and blah blah blah. And I do think, to me, that stuff is still, like, so this is being kind to people who are on the same level as you. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and that is um, not, I mean, that's not bad. It's not a bad thing. But it's also an easy thing to do, to be kind to people who are the same as you. And you mean, like? Important, powerful football players who mm-hmm. have illustrious careers ahead of them. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's fair. Um, so it's like, you know, that's not, that's not bad, but it's like, it's like when um, women say like, oh, my husband's babysitting the kids. And people are like, that's so nice of your husband. And I'm like, no, it is not. It is his job. Yeah. It is like the thing he signed up for when you guys had a kid together. So it's like congratulating somebody for a minimalist amount of behavior that we should expect of them anyways. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, I don't, I don't, again, I don't know Tom Brady. Uh, I don't think he's like a monster. I don't have any proof of that. Do you know what I mean? That he's like walking around being a horrible person, but he is endorsing things. That I do strongly disagree with. And so I'm going to be out here being like, mm-hmm. I strongly disagree with that and okay. him on this issue. Um, I don't feel like you've said anything in a very long time. Yeah, I'm because I think I'm trying to be cognizant of a few things. One is much work as I think I may have done. Mm-hmm. I'm still a white male. Sure. Who subconsciously probably has affinities for him. Uh-huh. I'm trying to be careful about overstating the case for the Romans thing because I'm trying to appreciate the nuances you're giving. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think if Tom Brady stepped into our lives, we would have a different approach to that relationship. Yeah. Well, and to be fair, right. If I saw Tom Brady somewhere, or not if I just saw him, because I don't think I would approach him if I just saw him, but like if he walked into the church one Sunday... I don't know that I'd be like, I think you're a dick. Right. But like. <laughs> no, I, you would pastor him and you would right. be kind. I have yeah. no doubt about that. Um, but yeah, I think, yeah, I would, and this might be 
privilege okay. at speaking. Sure. My approach would be to, if this was a meaningful thing, like if there was a real desire for a relationship, you use that relationship to eventually ask him, hey, yeah. you're a person without a lot of influence. Um, I think this was destructive. Yeah. Can you tell me how you got there and what's important to you and how you see these people who I see who are hurt by these things and how do you process all that? And then after that conversation, if I think he's a jerk, then in my mind he's a jerk. There's no one you think is a jerk who you've never had that full on. No, yeah, Lindsey Graham. <laughs> um, sure. Like I think, but I have a really clear like he lied on several occasions, very publicly, and he has a very specific kind of power. Um, yeah. Now, I'm trying to think: is Lindsey Graham a good uncle? I don't know. Maybe. I wouldn't have any information about that. Exactly. So um, I think for me, it's like Tom Brady. I feel the opposite. I do have some data on him. I think as a football player, he's conducted himself great. He I has, mean, a, clearly a very talented yeah, football sorry, player. Football, yeah. But I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's all the privilege and maybe I should have more vehement stances. Well, but I do think it's, we are all different. We've all moved mm -hmm. through the world differently and like, so there are some things that are, that are, you know, sort of like, what's the word I'm looking for? Ticks or triggers for us that just kind of, you know, it's like, um, it's part of our personal safety mechanisms to be like, mm -hmm. oh, this person reminds me of this person who is like all of these people who are bad. Do you know what mm -hmm. I mean? And so that we all do that. You know, mm -hmm. I would say, you know, to be fair to Tom Brady, like I never liked him, like pre the Donald Trump stuff. It is just like something in my gut that is like, this is not a good person. Hmm. Um, well, and I don't have that kind of intuition. You don't? For people? I think threes are bad readers of people. Don't you? No, but that's the whole thing that they're good, right? They're good at like crowds, like big crowd, yes. groups of people. I've always wondered about that. Um, cause I can't do that, but then I do just, yeah. C-Mac who we'll hear from at UBC in two weeks. When I first learned Enneagram, explain the differences to two and threes yeah. that way to me. Yeah. Like a three can walk a room and read the room. A two can walk in and read you. Each individual person. Yeah. yeah. And I feel very inept, especially the, if it gets uncomfortably emotionally for me, okay. I get very squirmy and then my, I get overwhelmed by uncomfort and can't read. Really? Yeah. In fact, I can be taken advantage of in those moments. If the room is... No, if an individual wants to be emotional with me. Hmm. But that may just be me. Like an intimate relationship, you mean? No, when it's not intimate, but they're reaching for that kind of intimacy. Okay. I get very overwhelmed. Yeah, that's fair. And I'm like, I don't can't do this with you. I that's, don't do this with anybody. <laughs> that's a critique to get a lot, I think. Because it's like, why are you trying to be my best friend right now when that's not the relationship we're in? Well, anyhow, I um, I think this is fun. I think this is probably another um, head of the same puppet we often... Yeah, fine. And that we'll be talking good. about this again. But I thought it was a, a good way to revisit the discussion. So. Yeah, I'm so... Um, I'm very interested in this last bit of conversation we had. Because it's like every person I meet, my gut is like, telling me something about them oh and i suppose i have general reads on people yeah like i, I can kind of tell if i am, am going to enjoy somebody's presence after five minutes long term sure. or not right yeah but i have also been surprised by people i didn't think i would like and then i ended up liking it you know what's the worst thing 
as a person who like reads people fairly well is when you're like this person is bad and then everyone else is like this person's great mm. and you're like okay well and generally like so my gut gives me some feedback and I what I often do is like say like okay now let's actually get to know this person like let's put this feedback to the side there's no facts that tell me that this is true so then it's like what I try to do is like you know sort of not I mean I generally pay attention to it but it's like I'm not gonna make um, I'm not, if I don't know from like my actual interactions with people or something like that, something about them, then I like put, put that instinct to the side and actually get to know a person. But then when you've done that, cause everyone else is like, this person is so great. And then it's like, sometimes it's like five years later, something comes out that it's like, oh no, that person was secretly very bad. And you knew. And I knew. And that is always. Yeah, I'll never have that read. That's always a bummer. In fact, well, this makes sense of a lot of things. Sometimes I'm like, well, those five years were great. I'm glad I... <laughs> glad we got those. <laughs> yeah. We got five good years. Yeah. Yeah. So. I that's good, actually, though. There's something about that that's Sure. Good. I don't know. Um, Maybe. Being able to appreciate people for what they are. Um, yeah. Well, I wonder what people are going to think about this. I feel like I was very mean to Tom Brady, but I also feel like he deserves uh, that. So I think concerned. that my opinion of podcasts, and this is the way I consume, is the grittier and the more honest they are, the more into I am. Okay. Um, so people may be frustrated that I didn't say more. Yeah, or maybe they love Tom Brady. Yeah. We should ask Toph about this. About Tom Brady? Yeah. He likes Tom Brady. I know. But he also cares about the things we care about. That's true. That's uh, true. But maybe he is like you, and he's like, in the interviews, he's nice. Yeah. All right, friend. Well, thanks for being here with me. Of course. And Anytime. thank you, listeners. Don't forget to rate and review us for a chance to win a lottery ticket. So much money. Yeah, so much money. <laughs>